Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, folks, I was hoping to be in a bit of a better mood after that Eagles Mallards upload, but uh, here we are. And uh, another episode, another week, had to get it out. And, uh, of course, we've got some Eagles joining us on the call as well. You hear my perspective, hear their perspective, and hear Mr. Agner's perspective. Going to be a good one. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Okay, it's been a while since I've been on the mic because we did pre-record episode 104, so we didn't have to record during the holiday week. But... Jack is back. Dan is back. We got our core three back on the show tonight. Fellas, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tom. Ooh, happy to be here. It feels like it's been a while. It not it funny how much like that yeah. how much longer that gap feels to do two weeks instead of just one week? Happy to be back though. That was a good pod. You guys uh if you guys haven't listened to to last week's podcast, although I wasn't on it, um, I did listen to it and it was really good stuff. Cheatham and Jorgie did a great job. So I I thought that was a cool episode. Yeah, I had a lot of fun recording that one. We're kind of trying to stick to that same thing as much as we can here. I got me and Danner in person, of course, sitting around the same microphone. And then we got Jack on the call, and Dallas will be calling in shortly too. Dallas, who's just absolutely on fire right now. But, yeah, I mean, Eagles-Mallards, I think that was probably based on the comments that I saw. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that was one of the more, like, anticipated regular season series I think we've had in the last couple of years. Like. 100%. Even in like the Gators versus D-backs series comments, everyone's like, can't wait for next week's series. Like, yeah. so excited. Yeah. So I was like legitimately bummed that we didn't play better just because I, I hated to let down the fans. But like just right off the bat, though, like because, of course, we play the series, I'm disappointed, and then, you know, a week and a half goes by or whatever it was between the gameplay and the upload. Um, but right off the bat, like the video was intense. Game one, like, Jack, did you get the same vibe when you were watching it? I did. I really did. Kyle does such a good job with like the music and just making it fit towards like whatever the vibe was kind of like that day at the Meadows. I thought he did a really good job in this video, especially I was like I was watching it last night, actually, um, just mm-hmm. in my bed, just kind of like there were a couple times where I was just in awe almost at just the intensity and like just all the you know cool plays that were going on like it was just it was a good series obviously for the eagles more than the mallards but the video production i thought was really good yeah it was that's why like i was happy when i was watching game one i was like okay this this still captures like how intense it was even though it got a little lopsided there later in the day i mean you could feel the intensity like the top of the first inning it was pretty quick inning if you remember dan it was like strikeout strikeout and then ground out for caden but like you could see the emotion in all the Eagles. You guys were so hyped. It was cool. It was cool to see uh it was cool to see Dallas kind of like break out of his shell a little bit. Like yeah. at least my interactions with him. I maybe Dan can speak to it. Um, but he he's more of like a reserved and like shy kid, at least from how I've interacted with him. But for him to like, you know, actually let out some emotion in like a big series when he's playing well was like really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And it was especially because that was the first time I had given Dallas the nod on the mound for game one. So you can expect him to be a little nervous, but it was great to see him up to the task. 
Yeah, was that kind of like a, a no-brainer for you, Dan, just based on like how he was playing? Or was that like kind of a hard internal, you know, personal decision like you had to make? Because you've obviously been the face of the Eagles, the ace of the Eagles as well for the past, you know, all these years. So um, was that was that like a difficult decision or kind of like a no-brainer? Yeah, I would say it's def- it was definitely a difficult decision because, you know, I want to keep my confidence up on the mound. But like at a certain point, he had still had given him no runs like I can't not give him the start you know um it yeah I don't know and it obviously worked out so I'm glad I did it yeah it was weird for me even going into this series because when I think of the Eagles like in my history you know I've been playing I've been back in the league on the Mallards as a division rival of the Eagles since 2017 now so that's 17 18 19 20 21 five years this is the sixth year now that's crazy to say out loud but Anyway, you know, when I think of the Eagles and like when I'm thinking about my approach to the plate, I'm thinking Daniel. You know, it's all we're used to seeing on the mound is Daniel on the yeah. Eagles. And I've struggled against Daniel in the past. I, I don't remember the last home run I've hit off you, Dan. And I usually, I just can't square it up against you. I, I've, I can put it in play, but I can't really hit the ball hard off you. So anyway, when I was talking to my players prior to this series, I'm um, talking about like uh, Daniel, like it doesn't look nasty, but like it's just hard to hit. His arm slot's tough. He keeps it down. He yeah. locates. But at the same time, I'm also telling them and thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm so worried about Daniel, but I'm like, Dallas is going to pitch the majority of the series. Yeah, I know yeah. it because, I mean, you had told me candidly, like, yeah. he's going to start. Yeah. You can't argue with that after his three first starts where he's 3-0 no. and yeah. no runs, no hits. It was just – so I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, you could make an argument that, like, I'd say for sure the best duo right now. But even you, your ERA is low. It's yeah. extremely low. You could make an argument like they have the best two pitchers in the league. I know there's been other great arms. Barron's looked great. Sailor looks good from time to time. Robles has thrown well. But, like, you could make the argument for sure. And it's interesting uh, yeah. to say that, too, because, um, like, how you say we're a totally new look, you know, the Eagles. Like, I didn't know what to expect um, facing you guys either. Like, Robles, I, I did, like, he's an ultra competitor. That was going to be tough for us going in. And I, I didn't know how to approach him at the plate, but eventually you know over the course of the series we really started to see him and just kind of just battled it out I think absolutely you guys are um the best duo in the league at least right now I mean we've talked so many times about me and Tommy at least on this podcast alone about how we are in agreement that you are the toughest pitcher to hit at least in our minds in our experiences in the league and now to have you as the number two guy on your Eagles roster is not just pretty scary that's pretty scary (laughs) um it's yeah it's pretty scary but I mean the Mallards like I I think what this series showed um was it really it really showed I mean you guys didn't hit well obviously but the the pitching was phenomenal so I think what it more I think the weakness for the Mallards that it it exposed more was just that second arm that we've talked about before Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, Robles has looked good up until this series. And once he is kind of getting, you know, some balls hit off him now, now you guys looked a little bit like, Ooh, I don't, you know, didn't really know what to do, where to go from there. Yeah. I mean, so we've, we've been getting by for a couple of reasons. Like you said, Jack, we've already diagnosed the issue of the number two arm on the Mallards and it's a work in progress as well as the number three hitter, but we've been getting by because we've been hitting the ball so well as well as Robles has been, like, good. When he's pitching, he's been good mm-hmm. up until this series. I'm not even saying he did a bad job. He got hit a little bit, then he lost his control. He just couldn't really find a rhythm out there. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles 100% exposed that. 
And, you know, maybe it's the wake-up call we need. I 100% didn't want to get swept. You know, I was really bummed. It's just a terrible feeling. And, um, you know, we lose the first two games. And I was like, okay, let's just go get game three, boys. And then Daniel, first at-bat, jumps on it, hits it, and we can't hit Dallas. So, I mean, yeah, I think it could – I'm always trying to see the positives here. And it, it could be a good little nudge for us saying, you know, Robles, he can't always hit all the home runs and be the guy on the mound. Like, we all need to contribute – we all need to get locked in and, like, I need to be that guy to step up and pick up Robles when he's struggling. You know, I only had two hits in the series. They were both singles. Didn't leave the yard at all. So it's tough. And if we want to get to the World Series this year, that's the team we got to get past. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to another chance if we get it. So on that note, um, I, I personally believe in, in the way that the standings are shaking out that the Mallards still have a good chance, um, you know, to get into the playoffs, obviously. So... It, it's likely that you would see this Eagles team again, or at least you would hope you see them again. So mm-hmm. maybe if you don't want to divulge all your secrets to Dan, that's fine. But could you maybe take like maybe, you know, one or two things away after playing this series or rewatching the video that, you know, you as the manager and the Mallards would do different next time to go up against the Eagles? Um, Just looking at the surface of things. I think one thing that I took away from this was just, um, like keeping damage under control. There was three different innings of the nine innings played. Um, and I don't even know if the Eagles hit for all nine innings in that series. They definitely didn't. But there were three halves, three half innings in that series where the Eagles scored six run mercy, six run mercy, five runs. We need, if we're going to give up runs, we need to be able to get out of these jams. We can't just be flopping out there and getting mercy. You know what I mean? One run in is okay. We have to hit anyway to win. Or even if you give up two runs, three runs. But getting blown out in an inning in a wiffle ball game is just. It's it's so hard. When you're facing elite pitching like that, you know how hard it is to think, yeah. okay, we're going to come back and win this when Dallas is just so yeah. good. Like, when you're down six runs, it's like, what do we do? You know what I mean? Like, you have, you're still going up there to hit. You're trying to hit the ball out of the yard. You're getting on base, whatever. But, like, when you're down six-plus runs against a, a pitching staff like the Eagles have, you're feeling so hopeless. So that's my takeaway is how do I get my guys to keep their heads in the game um, and like Robles, for example, or myself, Caden, whoever's on the mound, like once you walk, even if you walk in a run, like how do we get that deep breath, that refocus into locking and get that last out of the inning? Because we were really struggling there just to damage control. It really hurt us. Those big innings took us out of games so fast. Yeah, that's, that's no, I, I appreciate that insight. I, cause honestly, the reason I asked that question was after watching the video in my head, I was like, it kind of didn't really matter how the Mallards played or really attacked that series like the Eagles just were flat out ready to go that day I mean on the bump at the plate um it would have been nice for you guys to you know score a few more runs but like they still were just putting up such gaudy numbers at the plate where you know it's like what can you really do there so at least you know that's that's the mark of a good manager there Tom because I watched that video and I was like I don't know what I would say you know if I was Tom Jordan pitched well the first game um, you know, there was a ball that shouldn't have been thrown that got thrown to th- first base that led to a run scoring, and then we couldn't get the bats around. So, I mean, I've I think this is with a ball in a nutshell. You got to be able to adjust quick, got to be able to bounce back, and um, keep your head, you know, level throughout the series, and that'll get you a series win because we didn't do any of those things very well. I mean, I was really, really trying to be focused. Like, I showed some frustration in my last at bat of the day against Dallas, and uh, he can comment on it in a moment. But there was a there was a pitch. Um, for some really like behind the scenes stuff or really like in depth stuff that frustrated me. So 
in that first game, in the third inning, I was starting to see Dallas like a little bit well. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing this drop ball now. I know the release point. I know where the ball's going to be. Like, I'm starting to like feel more comfortable because I had some awkward swings in those first two innings, okay, my first couple at-bats. Then in the third inning, I want to say I may have made two. I think my last two outs of the first game, I don't remember. But anyway, I struck out a lot in the first game. And the last at-bat of the game, Dallas like threw me a drop that was high and outside where he had been throwing it. And I like put up I thought I put a pretty good swing on it, like kind of near where the ball was gonna be, like top right corner of that zone for me as a hitter, like top left for Dallas looking at it, you know, outside and high. And the ball just like never dropped. So that really frustrated me. So I was like, okay, I thought I had this guy figured out, and now I just look I missed the ball by a foot. Like I wasn't even close to hitting it. Then in the third game against Dallas, um, I showed some more frustration when one of my last ABs of the day, I think my second to last, um, like I was battling, fouling off pitches, and then I tipped one into the zone and struck me out. I just like I couldn't get a barrel on it. I was really fighting, and I was trying to stay mentally focused because you know I want to win. I'm excited about the season. I'm excited about the talent we have, but I just uh, I couldn't piece it together. But I really don't feel like I gave away. I didn't really give away any at bats. It was just I got beat, plain and simple. You know. There's always the there's always the regression to the mean in anything, and you you and Robles both were were hitting phenomenally well throughout mm-hmm. the first few series of the game. So, in reality, it's probably better that you guys had uh, somewhat you know subpar batting day against the Eagles because they were probably going to pitch good anyway. So now what you're doing is you're just saving your good hits for the rest of the series. I mean, maybe it's it's always good to stay optimistic. <laughs> yeah, dude, I like that. I like that. <laughs> but hey, I'd rather have that day now than in the postseason because that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you learn you learn things about yourself, your swing, your team, how you guys react to certain situations. So yeah, but all right, is it time to welcome in the villain, <laughs> the villain in my Let's story? <laughs> all right, Dallas, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Tom? Thanks for having me. Oh, doing good. I hate that sweet, sweet voice of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good to hear from you, Dallas. Uh, we, had, we had me and Dallas had some good times yesterday all at, out at All Star Day. That's for a different podcast, but um, what a day it was. But Dallas, the focus this evening is, of course, um, your Eagles. You and Daniel sweep over your division rival, the Mallards, to get you guys to eight and one, which is an unbelievable start. And I, uh, I mean, I got a whole slew of questions for you, but I think Dallas, for me, I, I need you to be honest here for me and for the Pod Squad and for the listeners. When you're going into that game as a second-year player against myself and Jordan, who had looked like probably the best two hitters up until that point, do you actually feel as confident in yourself as you had been, or were you a bit concerned you'd get rocked around a little bit? So I didn't think I would keep up my no-run streak just because I figured that either you or Jordan or even Caden would get around to me at some point. But I knew that all I had to do was stay careful, and it was possible that it was going to happen, but I really didn't, didn't see it happening especially pitching two games. I thought you guys might catch on to me for a little bit, but I really focused on mixing everything up and just try to keep you guys off balance that whole series. And that is exactly what you did, Dallas. That's exactly what you did. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so you get through game one, you win with a shutout, but are, are you thinking about the whole shutout thing throughout the day or are you more so just focused on getting outs? Um, I w- yeah, it's definitely in the back of my mind, you know, people are talking, oh my God, he's got 10 innings, no, no hits, no runs. And then obviously Caden got the first hit. So I was like, all right, whatever. Now I just got to keep throwing strikes. And yeah, I definitely, it was definitely in the back of my mind the whole, the whole day. You dirty dog. That's a, hey, that's a good, honest answer. I appreciate the honesty. 
Uh, Dallas, I got a question for you. Um, do, uh, do you think your approach changed at all from being the game one starter and knowing you're probably going to pitch two games compared to being, you know, only the game two or maybe game three starter for as per usual in the past series? Is? Um, not really. I just wanted to like just stay what I was doing on the mound, especially like in the Gator series. I still pitched games two and three. Yeah. So that kind of set me up for the for the next series, knowing I was going to go two games, and I just wanted to keep my keep my stuff on the mound. Um, as good as I could do it. So, yeah. Um, well, Dallas, obviously very impressive uh, what you've been able to do this season. What do you think was the or has been kind of the biggest difference between last year and this year? Is it is it more confidence or is it, um, you know, real like technique that you have kind of added or pitches that you've added maybe? Uh, I feel like last year I was really like just trying so hard to hit the zone. Like I was walking way too many guys last year. I was really thinking about it in my head. Well, the good thing about yeah, this same year last I, year. I do... <laughs> well, this is a problem for the I problem have... of the past for me. <laughs> well, this year I have the pitch. I know I can throw for a strike at least like 90% of the time. So the fact that I have that pitch yeah, in same. the back of my arm, <laughs> the fact that I have <laughs> The fact that I have that pitch in my arsenal is is really like fill up my confidence, knowing that I can't throw for strikes and I won't log as many people this year. No, that's exactly it. Because I mean, when I think back to my days as as the young stud out there on the mound, I mean, yeah, like I had multiple pitches that were like, okay, I'm automatic at throwing strikes here, like slider. I can I can put that in any count, anytime, even a drop ball. I'm you know eighty percent plus. So I, I tell it to Jordan, I tell it to Caden, Brendan, every rookie. I mean, literally eighty percent of this game is just is pouring that zone you can hit that zone then you can go from there and I think Dallas I'd say you and Ryan are probably the most successful right now and Baranowski you Ryan Baranowski are the ones that are throwing the most strikes right now consistently Bonham, Bonham does throw a lot of strikes he, yeah. you're right he might okay. not have the most movement but I would argue he no but look at Bonham's strikes. numbers that's what, yeah, I'm no, saying. that's what I'm saying as long as yeah. you're accurate you can put up good numbers in this league you can I'm not saying you will for sure yeah but that's like that gets you like that's to the good one. slash that's great, and then like getting one. the elite status is like having pitches like Dallas does, which is a nasty, wicked drop and a banana ball and a riser that hits the floor and comes up like. <laughs> yeah, that riser was nuts. Did you see that TikTok today, yeah. Dallas? I, mean, I did. I liked it. I reposted it on my Instagram. It got slept on. Didn't get a lot of views, but maybe that's my fault for not doing a good job chopping it up. But I mean, that was. I don't know if I've seen from the new grass. from the new GoPro angle. I don't know if I've seen a riser that low. That was I, crazy. I, don't think I have either. I don't know how that, I don't know how that happened, David. To be honest, I was just trying to throw a normal riser and it came up somehow. Subtle flex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dallas, I'm I'm sure you know you were pretty excited going into this year, but did you think kind of at this point at the All Star break that you guys would be sort of head and shoulders over the rest of the league and especially in the in the NL? Um, I would, I don't know. I would say just coming into the league, like second year, I just want to keep making the playoffs, giving us a chance to make a run at the, at the, in the postseason. But the fact that we're eight and one now, we're de- I definitely am looking forward to trying to get that one seed, but honestly, just making the playoffs was the big key coming into, into the year. I think you got, I mean, is that like official that they've made the playoffs yet? Like, um, I, it, I believe numbers wise, does that make I sense? I know our magic number for the one seed is three games. Uh, this is uh, this. I'm gonna butcher this, but I think the Eagles literally need to win. Like, I think the magic one number for playoffs is one. Like is one yeah. loss from the bottom, D-backs are one win for well, you. That would be better, man. <laughs> but I mean, even then, the, so you guys the, are almost there, then. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
But so yeah, they're, they're about there. I I, I think this team's making the playoffs, guys. I'm, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty confident this team's making the playoffs. I, I pro- it's probably not statistically possible based on like who's playing who, but that's just my guess. Um, I have a question, kind of for uh, for both Dallas and um, Daniel. Um, you've been, or at least in this last series, uh, kind of running. You know, everyone's really been hitting on your team, so why not put them all in the lineup? Uh, but traditionally, we've seen that the teams who kind of end up, you know, in the World Series or winning it are usually kind of built around three guys. Maybe they have a fourth, but most of the time it's three. Um, so do you think that since it's, you know, it's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're kind of going to keep going with the same same type of uh, attack in terms of like a deeper lineup, Daniel, and and maybe Dallas like. You know, does that affect you at all? Or is it kind of just sort of like you guys are all feeding off your energy anyway? So if, you know, there's five guys in the lineup, then so what? Yeah. Uh, Dallas, I can take this one first because um, that's a really good question. Honestly, like I used to be like the biggest believer of like the three man lineup, like because the Gators won with three men, the Dimebacks won with three men. Like you get the most reps. I think the big problem with that that I see as a manager is like if there's an opposing pitcher that knows the weaknesses of those three hitters, it's much easier to take down that lineup. Whereas if you have five hitters, like you have just so much more depth hitting wise. And like right now, like at our point, we're all hitting uh, effective enough where I am totally okay with playing all five. And especially with the energy we all bring, like I have, yeah, going down the stretch, I have no problem sticking with this five man lineup at all. What do you think Dallas? really actually like the five-man lineup. Like you said yeah. last year, Cheatham, especially in the NLDS, Cheatham would just – they he knew what to do against me, you, and Zach. Yeah. And, like, having that – that even with just having four and not having played in the Gators series, we all we actually shot Cheatham pretty well. So, I think that kind of yeah. helped. Because Cheatham was focused on all four of us instead of just the three of us. Yeah. And then Blake came back in the Mallard series in game two and three. So, that, that – and then his energy Blake brings to the to the Meadows and to our team is is huge, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I like what you guys are doing. Um, we used to kind of run a little bit deeper lineup on the Preds, and sometimes, you know, the energy worked for us, and sometimes it didn't. I think the other thing, like, subconsciously is just that when you have five guys in the lineup, since your reps are even more limited, you know, you're really locking in at the plate because you don't even know when you're going to get up next. Um, so, like, that, you know, that could also be sort of something that's benefiting you guys too, but... Um. Yeah, it's it's been working so far. So I was just curious on that. that that's true. It, maybe that's a good uh, way to look at it. Is like, just like in baseball, like every at bat is like it's like your moment in the game. You know what I mean? You get three or four per game. Yeah. But in wiffle ball, like you're thinking, oh, I'll get up again in you know two minutes. Whereas like the Eagles lineup is different. Like they may not even hit in a single inning. You might have to wait a whole inning. So I guess at bats are seen as you know more precious and more valuable. So I think that's a good mindset that all teams should take when approaching the plate. But I always try to, but I think it's just more of a broad perspective on things. Um, talking about energy, though, I did want to comment on, because a lot of the focus on kind of the sideline banter and chatter has been on Rudy Ramirez, of course. But Blade. Yeah. Blade is a guy who I love. His energy's great. Yeah. He's loud. He's excited. He gets the guys going. Um, he's friends with, like, longtime friend of Dallas's, obviously. So how big of a contributor has he been? As well as I want to know about his health, because... He had surgery, but he still played in this last series. That that kind of confused us all and threw a bit of a curveball. So maybe Dallas has more insight on that, but just wanted to update the fans on um, Blade's status. 
Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, and I'm sure Dallas can um, attest to this too, like, being on the mound, feeding off Whalen and Blade's energy, it's just, it's it's awesome. And, like, even when Blade wasn't playing, like, the past series, like, he still came out and supported, like, all last year too, even when he didn't necessarily get his name called, he still came out and supported the boys. So I definitely take note of that. And, uh, yeah, it did stink what happened to him with uh, his health. He had the shoulder injury, which put him out for a whole series. But his recovery was much more uh, quicker than anticipated. So it's good to see that um, he'll, he'll be healthy going forward, even though he was it, it was a game time decision last series. It was a little iffy, but he should be good now. Yeah, but yeah, Blade Blade's energy is to the next level. I mean, you you'd think like when the Dan had this core four, they were like the biggest like uh, I don't know, like uh, mouthy. I guess like cheery. No, they they weren't too loud. I mean, I mean, Dan's a pretty reserved guy. It did help that the Eagles were all friends though, so they were like very much themselves out there. But I think just the addition of you and Blade, just that young blood in the Eagles who are young and energized and excited it, it's that i mean i'm serious though no, that's no. why i want young guys in the mallards too because it's just it brings a whole new energy to it you know what yeah. i mean yeah blade yeah blade's a, a big spark to us and going back going to his injury um yeah, he had a surgery and he was kind of easing into getting back on the field like um during this before the day before the series he wanted to hit off me and take bp and stuff like that and he was actually seeing the ball really well and i remember we called dan that we i called dan that night i was like Blade seems good enough to play. He got this. Got to the Meadows for the Mallard series. He was, he was a little sore in his shoulders, so we figured we sit him game one and then get him back into it and ease him into the series. So I think he should be good going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a risk for sure, especially because Blade's still like an active athlete in high school. So I, that's even more so. But like last year, I was kind of the same way. You know, I, I wasn't even able to work out at the time, and like two weeks prior to my first series, I was like struggling to even open my front door with my left arm because my chest hurts so bad. But once again, like swinging a wiffle ball bat, unless you're really swinging hard and putting a lot of torque on certain areas, like um, it's very doable. I think if you're, if you're just slightly injured, if you're hurt, it's a different thing. But like in my case, it was okay. Blades seemed to be okay. Um, You know, he didn't, it wasn't pain or anything out there. He didn't, he didn't look like himself, but I think that's because he hadn't played in a little while. And that could have been in the back of his head as well, how he was hurt. That's the same thing with me last year, too. Yeah. I was always scared to get hurt. So that can play a factor, though, for sure. But yeah. regardless, his energy will still be there. If you're swinging, if you're swinging hard enough with a wiffle ball bat to, to get injured, you're probably not doing it right, I feel like. Probably. Probably not. I should probably actually There, there were some guys a, in the home run derby yesterday, Jack. Out of my own just, book I mean, yeah, you do swing pretty hard. There were some guys yeah. in the derby last night that <laughs> I was blown away by. Like, There were some balls being smacked last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the home run derby. I mean, we'll have to wait for that video to drop, but it was a banger. It, it was, was absolutely it was, best it was one good. yet, I think. Really? Gosh, I'm so excited. Well, Jack, I think um, we'll, we'll give a little teaser to the pod squad here. Not not a full release, but a little teaser. Um, I don't know if you're aware, Jack, but we had a little bit of a new format to this year's derby. So, pod squad, you heard it here first. There will be some changes, so stay tuned for more on that in the coming weeks. Looking forward to it, <laughs> Jack. Do you do you know it or no? No, I don't know it. No. Okay, I'll tell you afterwards, but it's pretty exciting. I think it'll be our most successful home run derby ever in terms of a engagement 100%, 100%. standpoint. Sorry, sorry, I didn't answer there. I thought you were going to end it because we got the the meeting <laughs> time looked, warning. You looked so happy. You were you were just smiling <laughs> ear to ear, looking I'm at me. I'm stoked. Like, this 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 derby video sounds like it's going to be sick. So I'm hyped. Oh, it absolutely is. We're only a couple weeks away from All Star Weekend, so uh, yeah, the derby will start it off with the bang for sure. 
But um, all right. Well, I think I've heard enough of Dallas's voice. What do you think? <laughs> Dallas, you can stay on as long as you want, pal. It was funny. Da- Dallas, after the series, your dad, uh, he was there. And I was, like, taking down um, sponsorship banners from the fence. And he came up to me. And, of course, I'm, like, a little upset, but not, you know, not too seriously. And he's like, Tom, I listened to last week's podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I was joking with him. And I'm like, to be honest with you, Mr. Allen, I'm not too big of a fan of your son right now. <laughs> I was like, he made me look silly out there all night. But, no, we love having you in the league, Dallas. And uh, your se- your success has been incredible. I um I mean I definitely knew you had it in you because last year we saw you know flashes of the banana ball and the drop and you were arguably one of the better number twos last year in the league, but I I don't think I knew you'd be like Cy Young frontrunner type good this year already. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah the yeah the awards definitely in the back of my mind, but I'm focused on the team in the World Series. So yeah, I was looking for his trophy. <laughs> He's looking. Yeah, he wants some hardware. He's gonna get it one way or another. <laughs> we, know, we know Dan's not getting thanked in his Cy Young presentation acceptance speech. <laughs> He's gonna say, "Yep, I worked really hard in the off season. Thanks to Kyle for getting me into this league, and uh, thank you." And walk off. And Dan will be sitting there in the back shaking his head. Dan's part of it. Dallas, is is your dad still driving you to all the series, too, or did you get your license yet? So I have my license, but they still like watching uh, me play, so they, they, they come out anyway. Oh, okay, cool. Just loyal fans. I love that. Loyal. I think my parents probably haven't seen me play with football in several years, but I also think they don't want me to – I don't want them there, which is partially true because it's like you don't want someone watching you while you're working type thing over your shoulder. But at the same time, it's like sports are a different type of thing. So, like, it didn't bother me when they were there in high school, so I don't think it would affect me too much. But, um, yeah, Dallas' parents are definitely, I think, the most they attended. The most games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's probably true. They were there for All-Star Day yesterday. We had a good crowd yesterday at All-Star Day. But, um, I, don't, I mean, Mr. Schultz, of course. Well, but yeah, he's like an employee. Side, he's doing yeah, the stats. He's like, yeah, that, that doesn't count. Yeah. He's a, fu- <laughs> he's a fundamental core employee. He is, he's not just he any employee. He is no like the video, like the commentating you guys hear during the videos would not be as good without Mr. Yeah, Schultz. I can't wait to can we, are because we to say that I, I yeah. can't wait to hear. Uh, he he did the All Star game announcing, so I can't yep. wait to hear. It's, it's kind oh, of a tradition nice. now. It's kind of a tradition now yeah. having Mr. Schultz back yeah. there. So it'd be a shame to break that. But yeah, he he did a good job from what I heard. But what I was saying is like in a normal video, like when we kind of like um, chime in with like stats like Dallas has this many strikeouts already today and no hits or that was their first hit of the day like that's all Mr. Schultz feeding that information and and like like sometimes like we're kind of like snappy like we're like how many outs is there like or how many strikeouts does he have today like and Mr. Schultz right away is like uh 14 like he's so quick with it he's so good with it yeah or when or when it's Ryan Kelly and it's like 14 walks in a row exactly exactly (laughs) exactly yeah so yeah all that kind of stuff feeds into it but um, I, I even gave Dallas some uh, some minor uh, filming training yesterday. I was like, Dallas, this is how you turn on the camera. This is how you press start to record. I was showing him in case we ever needed him to do anything. Because we don't have enough. We need more guys that are capable of doing that. We have, like, nobody else besides Mikhail and Daniel, really. Mr. Schultz can, too, fill in. But everyone needs to be more well-equipped in that uh, in that aspect, I think. I could definitely use a training session, a camera training session. It's really just prep. Like, Honestly, commentating is like a lot less stressful than running the second camera. The second camera is a lot of work because you're really moving and like you have to be locked in on the game at all times. And like you're like because the main camera when you're standing there commentating, yes, you're focused on the game and like your what you're saying audibly. But second camera is like if your shots are bad, they can't be used. Whereas the first camera is like a still shot. Like you don't have to touch that camera. You're just hands free. It's a lot harder to film like 
well than it is to just sit there and talk, in my opinion. I With I think I I think I would uh humbly speaking, I think I would do pretty decent at announcing. I want to put my name officially in the hat for a potential if anyone ever needs a break to announce a series. I'm, I think I, I want to be the next be guy up. Yeah. I think Jack would be a really good announcer. I think Jack would be good too. I think definitely. Jack, you got a little you, when I was uh working um, we had a midday series last year and you were out there, uh, sideline reporter with Kyle. Remember that? Yeah, I do. You did that a good job. Fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was good stuff. A little taste yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of guys in this league could be, um, solid announcers. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't even it's think I'm that, easy, I'm that no. good at it. No, but uh, it's like I said, even like with filming, it's with practice, you get better. And, um, yeah. the hardest part I learned about it is like when I did it, like I would keep using like I was too repetitive like this like it's hard to you know use like I would use the same phrases it, it's hard but to, every like, announcer does though every announcer does though especially know, in baseball like, it's more noticeable for us because in our videos like only the last pitch is shown exactly. so like if you have the same strikeout yeah, so like strikeout call every time yeah, then it's then really it, repetitive really or like in a live baseball game you only problem. hear that every couple minutes exactly so that is definitely a challenge. That's the problem. I try to mix it up, but at the same time, like you can only do so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I would um, I would love to like hear footage of this is just a name for example of like Joe Buck, like when he was like in high school or college, like first yeah. announcing. Like I wonder what his voice sounded really like. It was the same people. tone, yeah. same like style. But I do think some people are just naturally great at that because yeah. I don't know if I ever said this in this podcast before, but. Um, one of our big MLW like original fans, like from five plus years ago, Eddie Kalegi, when he was on ESPN, um, he he and a few other like students, high school students, got into ESPN for the Little League World Series. They all called the game, yeah. And um, Eddie did a great job. They all killed it, every single one of them. But there was one kid in particular who looked actually younger than Eddie, and um, whereas Eddie's voice is like a higher tone, and like he sounded like he was more in high school. There was a kid who was like 13 years old, and he sounded like a man, like behind the camera. <laughs> this kid was—I literally texted Kyle immediately and was like, "This kid's money. Like, this kid was so good. If I could find the clip, I would, but I'm never going to be able to. I have no idea what his name was, but like, he just had like the voice. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're born with that. If it's like a tone you develop, but like some people just have that voice. You know what I mean? S- some people just got it. There was a. Uh, did you ever see? It. Did you ever see that? um story oh my gosh it was a it was several years ago now but there was like this there was this homeless man who was um had this sign that was basically saying something about his voice like his broadcasting voice and there were videos of him all over the internet with it with this with, with this incredible voice that he had and i believe he actually got hired by like i think he got hired by like the uh the cleveland Cavaliers like uh, G League team or something like that. Awesome. Like I think he actually did end up getting a broadcasting gig. But some people are just they're just born with it, you know. There's just voices that just sound good on the mic. Yeah. Well, Dallas. I don't know if Dallas will be the best announcer yet, but he was definitely born to pitch. I've been I've been admiring Dallas, and I'm kind of wrapping this up because our Zoom meeting's about to kick us out of here. So Dallas, <laughs> thank you for your time tonight. I appreciate it. And um, hey, take care of business. Get that one seed. Then I'm coming for you in the CS. <laughs> Sounds good. I said that once before, and I failed miserably, but this time I'm coming, Dallas. (laughs) All right. I'm ready for it. I I actually do look forward to it, though. Like, I I, I like a challenge for sure, and you are for sure a challenge right now. Let's do it. All right. See you later. See you guys later. Thanks.
All right, nice chatting with Dallas. What a great kid. He's blossoming into a great young man, soon to be driving himself to the Meadows one day maybe, but I don't know. His parents are his parents are a big fan, so it wouldn't surprise me if they keep coming and coming over the years. But um, Dan, next on the calendar for both of us, even though you're not playing, is the Oklahoma series. So excited. You're excited? I cannot wait. Well, maybe not the the ride there, the 12-hour <laughs> drive there, but when we actually get to Oklahoma, I'm so excited. It was a blast well, last year. I, I heard you, unfortunately, did not listen to last week's podcast, but I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. Everyone who did listen knows it was a banger. Um, but me and Chris and Georgie were talking about the golf situation, how we're going to yeah. do a little scramble oh, two-on-two, yeah. where the matchup is me and Cheatham versus Georgie and you. Yeah. And I think... Georgie and you are probably the best two golfers of the four there. Are so you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm not great. <laughs> but we're all bad. I I know that I know that uh Jorgensen earlier this year, based on a Snapchat story that he posted, has probably one of the more expensive set of irons <laughs> that you Jack, can have that in a golf nothing. bag. So you should not no, you but I'm saying you can't let him off the hook. Like they he he should have no oh, excuses absolutely. out there. He's fair got the point. best tech. I know that, that that's for sure. That's for sure fair. But I no I from the the way that I see it, Dan is you're shooting about what a hundred ish, yeah. And I'd say I'm shooting a hundred on a good day. That's what Chris said too. And Georgie said he's shooting like ninety. Well, I don't know. The Oklahoma course but is any, probably gonna be a lot harder though than the ones I usually play at. Yeah, so. I mean we played it last year. Yeah. Really, for me, it's any given day. I went. I've been to the range twice now in the last two weeks, just for like a half hour, really short. And I've hit like the higher clubs, not too bad. Higher irons, like pitching wedge. Yeah. Nine, eight, seven, six, five up is a little dicey. Yeah. Driver, I actually drove the ball okay last time. It's really just like on that day if I'm like in a groove or not. It's kind of like a home run derby type thing. Um, but so we were talking last week about the scramble amongst us three, and you weren't in the room. And I was like, well, there has to be like something on the line. Like, what are we playing for? What's like the penalty for the losers? Oh, and we, we didn't have any good ideas, so I wanted to know if you or Jack had like a good idea as to what what's at stake here for the fellas because it needs to be something kind of funny. Like usually, I guess like what me and my friends do is always just like pay for lunch. But you're right; there's got to be something. But like, we can make some content out of this, Dan. This could be a piece of content. So when 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 exactly will the golf match be played? Um, I have to text the event director at the resort to see when he got our tea time. But I would I would guess the first day Friday, yeah. So Friday, like in the morning, hot. Yes, I would say Friday in the a.m. And then what happens like Friday afternoon? Like, what are your guys' responsibilities? Friday's a relatively fr- Friday's a relatively light day itinerary wise. Um, so we will plan on golfing. Excuse me, we will plan on golfing. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like our our thank you to that's my my thank you to the guys that are coming along on the trip with us is to get them golfing, as well as the resort kind of treats us to a round of golf for coming out and promoting their facility. Um, so that's Friday will be kind of a hangout day. Um, film some resort amenities such as the golf courses, the pool, the arcade, the restaurant, that kind of stuff. Highlight the amenities. If you look at last year's video, we saw kind of like in between games how mm-hmm. we went around the resort and showcased a few things. So that's kind of the focus there so, is having fun but also capturing some content out of it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So maybe a punishment um, could be that for the losing team, you ever, you ever drive by maybe like a used car lot and there's a guy... <laughs> on the corner, like spinning a sign yeah. for hours out there baking in the heat. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could find a pretty good spot for the losing team and come up with some sort of cardboard sign to get them to stand uh, and wave around about them losing a golf match <laughs> for however much time you wanted. But not only do they have to stand out in the heat and do that, 
they also might be missing out on some funner activities or more fun activities <laughs> Jack, that might that be going on that really day. Suck. That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. I mean, that would make you think a little bit about your golf shots when you're hitting them. That you would know? make me nervous. It'd be funny yeah, if we like made them sit poolside and not go in the pool with like a cardboard, like a a little piece of yarn <laughs> necklace, trash bag like on a piece of yarn <laughs> necklace tied to a little cardboard side around their chest. Like I suck at golf. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. But no, yeah, Jack, you're thinking along the right lines. I was trying to think of, which, Jack, you haven't been to the resort in person, unfortunately, but, like, I was trying to think of, like, something that would fit well at the resort that would be funny, but I don't want to make anyone's day too miserable. But, um, and to finish up your questions, Jack, um, Friday, yeah, it's kind of a light day in terms of, like, um, events with the fans that are attending, but in the evening we play the first game of the series at night under the lights, and then... Saturday, we have more of the events in terms of, like, pitching tutorials, um, you know, little segments like that. We'll let the people hit off us, pitch to us, all that kind of stuff. Do merch, autographs, photos, all that kind of stuff on Saturday as well as the two other games. So, but, of course, we'll be available both days if anyone wants to hang out. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good fitting punishment. I was just going to say, at the resort, the basketball hoop, we could also just lower that, and then each person gets to posterize the other person. Oh, Dan. No. <laughs> I don't want to get posterized. <laughs> That'd be so funny. You got to have some confidence, Tom. Be humiliating. Just that would be. Posterized in a picture. <laughs> so, 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 remind, so remind me of the teams. It's you and Chris versus Dan and Jorgie. Me and Cheatham versus D. Schultz and Jorgensen. So 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 you're sitting across from your matchup right now. I am. I, I am. can take on Tom. And Dan, Dan, I'm not proud to say this because Dan is not a great golfer, but I'm I'm a worse golfer. So, yeah. I mean, any give anything can happen. I told Chris last week that if we just really form a bond on this car ride and we just somehow use that chemistry to to propel us to a victory here in underdog fashion, it would be absolutely thrilling. Well, yeah, absolutely. The thing about golf is like it just takes so much practice, and so like if you yeah, don't, and I don't put in time yeah, to do that. Like you've been golfing a lot this I year. I have to work so hard, and it's still <laughs> so hard. It's it's terrible, but it's just all practice, which is the thing I hate about it. You really got to grind it. I feel like some people are also just naturally like they start in a better spot than we did. Like I me guess. and you went to the range together, and like we would all our contact was fine because of baseball, but we were just slice, slice, yeah. slice, slice. It's hard unwinding. And then the trying to fine. trying to correct a slice has made me my contact worse for the most part. So I don't know. It's like it's, it's funny really you say that. Given day. It's funny you say that because I have been playing a lot of golf this summer, a lot more than I have in the past, and um, I kind of felt like after the first series that I came and played that I was like swinging more like a golf swing than <laughs> a, like a wiffle ball swing you know because yeah. wiffle ball really I mean guys all swing differently but by and large you got to have more of like a flat swing than like an uppercut swing um like it's not even really the same as baseball I feel like but uh yeah I was just like under everything because it was more mm-hmm. of like a golf swing I think just because that's Chunking what everything. my body had been doing I hadn't swung a wiffle ball bat other than you know like a few times playing with friends but I think that actually like did help. I actually uh, got my first, I believe it's my first ever eagle today. On oh the golf wow, course. Jack! Re- got what got a, off got off the four. course and uh, and came and recorded the pod. Yeah, it was a short par four. It was a short par four. Um, we used the like range finder, and it was like it was a really short par four. It was two hundred twenty to the pin. Oh wow! And. Uh, 
I mean, I'm not that good of a golfer either. And I certainly can't, I certainly don't have a club in my bag that I can hit 220 for sure. Mm -hmm. So I actually went with the, uh, what I'm now calling the sawed-off shotgun technique, <laughs> which is uh, which which is uh, basically just a choke-down driver oh, and yeah. kind of like a half swing. So I basically like bunted the ball a hundred and maybe six, 65, 75 yards, and it just like rolled up onto the green like five feet, eagle, boom. Wow. Great. Great feeling, yeah. I'm happy for you, Jack. Not a bad That is pretty sweet, all, dude. At all. Not a bad strat, yeah, but it worked out that time. It's also not worked out plenty of times. <laughs> so. I um, I've, I've been to the range a few times, only twice this year, and like didn't play it all last year. But I have played very few rounds of golf in my life. We had two at Oklahoma last year. I probably played here on Meadows twice, maybe. Um, I played up north once. I've, I'd say I've one hundred percent played single digit rounds of golf before. Okay, and I've never gotten a par. But I am sore about this. Last year, I think, I was up north when I played. And it was the last hole of the day. It was hole nine. We were playing nine. And I was a par five. And I was on the green in three. And I was like, oh, this is this is lock. Like, I got this. <laughs> I three-putted to oh, bogey. I'm so no. mad. And I've had multiple par it's putts. And I always choke. But I've, like, made long putts before. But I cannot do it for par. I literally just crap the bed every time. And it's really frustrating make putting man putting kills you but I, it can also yeah. save you though like if you like struggle to get to the green then you and you make it in one pot it's like okay i kind of salvage this hole the flat the flat stick was saving me today for sure it kept it kept my score a lot better than what it should have been probably yeah. i hit some I, deep i would like to get to the range one more time before we hit the road but um you know given it was all-star weekend um you know i, I couldn't i was un, unfortunately not by my laptop a lot this weekend so i'm a bit behind on work, although I did catch up a pretty good amount today, so we're, we're in we're in decent shape. I, w- I would like to get there either tomorrow or Wednesday for a bucket of balls, hit thirty balls, just to fine tune things and put one last ditch effort out there before I hit the course and uh, take on Dirty Dan once more this summer. <laughs> so um, I mean, hey, stay tuned, folks. You'll get an update next Monday with who yeah, won, I'm really excited. who won the scramble and what the punishment was. We'll have some footage of the punishment, of course, whatever it ends up being, but. Yeah, I wonder if they have spicy wings there. That'd be oh hilarious. God, dude, I hate spicy food. <laughs> That's that a good one. That's a good one. Oh, oh just it'd be so funny though. You could also like make the losers like, I'm just thinking of like fantasy football punishments exactly, that yeah. I've seen basically. But you can make the losers like take the SAT or like oh, ACT. Jack, no, again. I'm not doing that. I don't have to. I don't have. It's a, I gotta. Life's too. Life's too short for that kind of stuff, man. Life's too short for me to spend my Saturday morning taking an ACT. You know how, you know I was, how bad I, I actually yeah, you had to pay for it. Okay, so I I actually uh, that's the funniest I'm, punishment I'm st- though. I'm starting a little fantasy football league, and we were trying to come up with like punishments for like the people in last place. So like the subject's kind of fresh on my mind. But I was looking up, I was looking up punishments, and one that I found on Reddit was like, you make them retake the SAT and if they don't if they don't score (laughs) if they don't it was like no this is actually crazy like I saw it on Reddit it was like if they don't score over uh like an 1100 they have to retake it every year yeah Yeah. no that's not even a bad score that's not even a bad score like it's kind of hard to not everyone can just get over 1100 I know and it was my friends did not score that high yeah, and it was uh they have to 
retake it every year and like they don't even like they had to like pay for it yeah, too it was still Those like yeah it was like i think what it said on the comment like half of it would be covered but like they have to pay for the other half and like retake it every year until they imagine like being a 37 like, year old man diabolical imagine being a 37 year old man with like a corporate job and a family and a home and a mortgage and you have to like study for an sat <laughs> Yeah, you know, like sucks. sorry, sorry, honey. Like it's gonna be another late one. Like I gotta pass like, this time. This is my fourth try. I got the SAT tomorrow morning. God, that would be. I, this is no, my that's fourth like, try. I haven't. I like to this day, Jack. I I've told you I think on this podcast before about how much I hated school. And like I have friends who are like, oh, I miss high school. I miss college. And like I do miss certain points, but I really, really did not like school ever. And I still to this day have nightmares about like forgetting about an exam yeah. or like having to study like being late for school like i legit have bad dreams about this jack and i wake up and i'm like i'm a year out of college like what am i doing like why is this in my subconscious still yeah that's the thing that's so great about that punishment because it's like you're probably living nightmare you're 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 doing that when you're you know not in an age where taking the sat makes any sense at all so like for you to have to strap up and like go take that four-hour test again is a well that's nightmare. why I've, I've heard that thing before i think it's funny and like It'd be kind of funny just to do it, but the pressure of getting the 1100 would suck. <laughs> it would really. Yeah, suck. it would. Yeah, it definitely would. You'd have to. You'd have to practice your writing skills and maybe some that's basic what, geometry before or something. That's, that's what would kill me. I don't know because yes, I was pretty locked in like math wise in high school, but like oh my gosh, in terms of like reading comprehension now, I'd be it'd be a disaster for me. It really would be. <laughs> I really need to read more books. I try. I, I've read like some books that are like either like biographical books or like I guess you'd put them like the self help category, which is kind of cheesy, but I I think they'd fall into that category. But I haven't read like a novel novel in a long time. Yeah, and I want to read like a novel. I don't want to. I've always hated reading, but there are certain books. This came up last week too. It's funny how this is coming up again, but I'll, I'll bring it up for you guys now. There's certain novels that are good. So guys, send me a DM of a of a recommendation of a novel, or else I think I'm gonna reread Hunger Games. I don't know why I want to reread yeah. that because there's a new one out, but I don't know. I've never. Read I uh. Games, what? I've watched no. them. I've never. I never. I, the read first them. book was really good. I read the first one. Hunger Games was Hunger Games was good. They're, those were good books. Scoop a book for the road. I want to be bored for twelve hours. <laughs> no, I mean we'll have a lot of boys with us. We won't be too bored, but uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea, Jack. But I only got forty eight hours to pull it together. But Amazon's got two day shipping. I could probably make it. Oh, tomorrow's Prime Day too. Get a little Prime Day. What book. else? <laughs> What else do you normally do in the car to keep busy? Anything fun other than just um, stare at your phone? On a long ride like that, I mean, if I, if, if if there is work, it's hard to do work sometimes with just a laptop. But, yeah, I'd say Netflix is a good one. Um, nap with music is good. Um, like, a lot of times I'll, like, go through my phone, like, clean out pictures, clean out notes, maybe add new notes, that kind of thing. Um, I actually kind of am looking forward to this time to catch up with Kyle because – um, we've been, he's been so busy with editing and stuff like that. And we're on a short edit week again. We were short edit week last week because of the holiday. This is a short edit week because of the traveling for to Oklahoma. So like, it's been hard to uh, communicate and be on the same page about everything. So that's something I would like to do on this trip at least is to catch up with Kyle on a lot of different subjects. Uh, yeah, but uh, for typically I'd say, yeah, music, nap, read, or, um, Netflix is like a good thing to do. But I think best case scenario was usually falling asleep. It goes by so yeah, fast. Yeah, 100%. Like, especially if we're getting up at 6 a.m. I hear, I'm going to be sleeping the first six hours. No no doubt. If I had to guess, I bet you I'm awake all morning and then I fall asleep in the afternoon. I bet you I'll be awake That's from 6 a.m. till why? noon. 
it's just, I don't know. It's just how my battery's always been, Dan. I don't know why I'm always pretty alert in the mornings, and then I get the after lunch, I get sleepy. I think one I thing two, that maybe two p.m. feeling. Yeah, that's typical. That'll happen. I think the I think one thing to maybe get the whole car involved, other than maybe the driver, because their eyes need to be on the road, is a I little. Spy. Uh, I spy is good, but I also like to play. Um, we just call it like the alphabet game. So you basically got to just find oh, a I word that starts with every letter oh, and you get, I think we said you get like one skip. Maybe we usually play with, but like that one's always fun. So that's like, good, my name is Tommy killer. and I'm bringing apples and it's like Daniel's bringing bananas and Jack's bringing carrots and that kind of thing. Fun one would be like- no, it would be like, you're looking at signs like on the road and like oh. you need to find a word that starts with an A. Okay. So then like that. E is always an easy one. There's always exit. Yeah. And then you're basically looking like, but you got to go in order. So it's like you start at A. You know what the go to the go to thing for the Coughlin family as children? We we drove to Florida once or twice, and uh, we'd always play what my mom called the license plate game. It's like you try mm-hmm. to spot a license plate from every single state on your road trip. I think I've outgrown that a touch, but it kept me busy as a child. Yeah, Florida's a good actually route to to get a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, you see states, a lot. You, like, you would get like yeah. a good chunk of them done. Yeah, you would for sure. Yeah. What about you, Dan? That's you a fun any, one, though. That's a fun one. Well, I was just when you said the alphabet game, I think a funny version of that would be um, instead of just like seeing things out the window, is like you have to name um, like a sports player until someone can't. You would hear some really obscure names. I feel like we've, yeah. I feel like we've done that before, Dan. We're like you're yeah. like Tom. Name all the teams in the NL East, and I'll have to like, and I never can do it. Like, but like A, and you start with like I don't know Astros. Story, if you guys. Or, <laughs> if you guys are if you're bored and into that stuff Byron you might Buxton. need to like you might need to do like a uh maybe you could do it on your phone but it'd probably be easier on your computer with like a hotspot if you had one or had one available but there's a website called sporkle and oh, there are infinite there are basically like infinite lists of anything you could imagine like everything from like you know the presidents of the united states to all the teams in college not football a to to you know every country in Africa like it's just all these lists that you're basically typing in to see you know how fast like you can get Dan it and how many you get that. yeah no we yeah. we played that before um like at school like for my baseball club like we would do that and you'd have to name like i don't know like every baseball player in the hall of fame like see how yep. many you could get it was that's fun All right, folks, we're going to wrap this one up. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks again to Dallas, Jack, and Dan for joining us on the air this evening. It's a fun one, another good one. I feel like this pod is trending in the right direction for sure, and it's been showing. Um, Views are going up, which is great. Appreciate it, guys. Stay tuned on our Instagram for updates throughout the week from behind the scenes at Oklahoma. And thanks again to everybody buying trading cards. We finally showcased the trading cards in a YouTube video last Friday for the Eagles-Mallards game, and they've been once again flying off the shelves like they were uh, during launch weekend. So really appreciate that. And uh, that's a wrap. Signing off. Thanks, guys.